Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Jump into sermon. Would you pray with me? And then um, we'll hop into the word. Father in heaven, thank you so much uh, for my friends here. Thank you for the opportunity to, um, to crack open your word, to listen uh, to your son, Jesus. And as, as he spoke about what we're going to talk about today. Would you, would you have your way in our hearts, my heart, my friend's hearts? Would you help us walk away different than we walked in? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, today I want to talk, actually my friend, um, I think it was Elena this morning, uh, asked me, what are you talking about? And I said, rules. That's, uh, seriously, that's what we're going to, today we're going to talk all about rules. And I don't know if you know this, but people love rules. Now, you, you think that that's not true, right? You think it's not, because most of us, we hate the idea of rules. Don't tell me what to do, you know? Like, I, I hate the idea of somebody telling me what I, like, where my boundaries are. I, the, in my brain, I hate rules, like speed limits, for instance. There, we were talking about that this morning, too. There's more suggestions, I know. Um, but I... I there's this thing inside of all of us, especially as Americans, don't tell me what to do. And, um, but, but here's what we find. If you dig a little deeper beneath the surface, beneath that first reaction, the truth is, at our core, we actually like rules. Uh, you can see it in kids. Kids, tell, kids hate rules, right? Except anybody who's been a parent knows that a kid thrives in an environment where they know what the rules are, where they can predict what, it, what the outcomes of their behavior is going to be. We all know, I mean, it ain't rocket science. There's plenty of, of proof that backs up the fact that kids desperately need rules. I mean, they need lots of love, but kids need rules. It, a, a life without rules, without defined um, understanding of what's expected of them makes kids insecure. And when kids are insecure, they start to get worried and they don't have a, a healthy life. Kids think they hate rules, but if you take them away, Kids are screwed up. Deep down, people love rules. We are hardwired, and, and I'm talking about you and me. We actually, you know, there's, they've done studies in, um, in uh, the business place, in the workplace, that, if, that people really want to know how they're doing. They want clearly defined understandings of what the rules are and what they aren't. And then they want their boss to tell them how they're doing. Why? Because we desperately want to know where we are in things. We want to know what the limits are. We want to know. We want to understand the well-defined rules for the workplace. Because if you don't know the rules, how can you follow the rules? And then if I get, get called on it later, then I feel like this isn't fair. So I, I need to know the rules up front. How do I take vacation time? How do I, you know, all of those things. We, we want to know the rules. And it, again, it goes against what we, what we think we want. We want full, total autonomy and freedom. But the truth is, um, we are hard wired to want rules we I, I had a I had a friend come to me this week um, 
And she's really struggling because her, her brother, um, oh, her brother uh, took his own life. And um, she wants to know the spiritual rules behind that. Do you understand what I'm saying here? What does God think about that? That's what she wants to know. Let's be real. What she really wanted to know was where's my brother? Right? Can you tell me where he is? We want to know the rules because we want, we want to know the outcomes of actions. We want to be able to predict things. And, um, and so like a, we're going to come back to that in, a, in just a little bit. But, um, but it reminds me of the Pharisees. If, if you haven't been in church a long time, um, the Pharisees were sort of the, the religious leaders of, at the time of Jesus. And they, they were Jewish, but they had, you know, they had this law. God had given Moses this law. Have you guys ever read Leviticus? Um, good luck with that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, it's the Bible, so I love it. But it, it can be a bit of a slog, you know? Like you're reading through it, and it's all these rules, and the rules are weird. I don't know if you know that, but the rules are super weird. Um, there is something, I don't know, something wrong with menstruation. I, I really don't know why they, women have to go outside of the town when they're on their side. I just, I, I think to myself, I read through this stuff, and then you got you to gotta kill a pigeon for this thing. And you got, I just, you know, the whole thing is just weird. Don't tell me it's not weird from our cultural perspective, okay? It's just a weird thing. Um, but these guys, they, they had all of these rules. But, but for these Pharisees, the rules that they had, which seem overwhelming to me off the bat, but the rules that they had weren't enough for them. They had to add rules on top of those rules. So, they, the, so there were rules that, that had to do with the Sabbath that were um, in, in the Old Testament, but they were a little more general rules. But these guys had taken it down to like minutia. You're not allowed to walk more than seven-eighths of a mile on the Sabbath or else it's work, and then you've broken the law, Right? ridiculous and it was it was one thing after another they had they had created this so you had the layer of of the law that God had given the people of Israel and then these guys had added rules on top of rules and now if you lived at the time of Jesus I mean rules just dictated your life these guys were in charge the people who who made sure that these rules were followed these guys were were it and so if you, if you <laughs> screwed up, you were going to hear about it. You're going to be ostracized. Your whole life was, was put together under the, the fear of breaking the rules. And, um, and that's the place that Jesus was born into, the, the, the culture that he lived. And so we're going to get to um, our stories today uh, with Jesus and his interaction with these men, these Pharisees, about the rules. But, but before we do that, I just, I think it's worth asking ourselves, why God, you know, I said there were two levels of law. There was the law that God gave the people. 
And then there was the law that, you know, the Pharisees added on top of that. But why initially did God give the people all of those weird Leviticus laws? You know, do you ever wonder that? Because like, I think to myself, is there really something wrong with, you know, uh, women's time of the month? Like, uh, obviously there wasn't any, uh, we're, we're not under those laws. Uh, we're not supposed to get tattoos. That's back there. That's in there too. We're not supposed to do, uh, there's this whole list of things that piercings and tattoos and how long your hair is and uh, just a million laws that are added into this thing. And you, and you wonder, what the heck was God thinking? Does anybody else ever ask that when they read the Bible? What are you thinking, God? I, like, I just don't understand it. So the, I, think it's a, I think it's an honest question to ask. Why, why did God give them the law? Um, I, I really think there were two reasons that God gave them the law. And, and if you look, if you read Leviticus through a, a specific lens, what you understand is that God give them, gave them the law for their protection. They didn't live in 21st century the United States of America. They lived in a whole different world, a world that was filled with disease, a world that was filled with um, with uh, war, a world that was filled with the, the clash of cultures. And we think we have culture clash in our country right now. Nothing compared to the kinds of the clash of cultures that was happening at, at the time that the law was giving, given was just an absolute, just a terrible, awful thing. People, people were murdering, ki killing men, women, and children. And so um, when God gave the law, it was, a, it was about protection. It was, there are, there are certain things like leprosy, for instance, that could wipe out a community. We're gonna, he gave laws about cleanliness. You know, it, that were all of those laws. Actually, you know what's interesting? If you read those laws from our point of view, they seem backwards and old and stupid and how ridiculous. But if you if you compare them to what was happening at the time and the understanding of people at the time of the law, did you realize that they were absolutely so much, so far ahead of the thinking of the day? They weren't backward. They were forward thinking at the time. They were there for the protection, both physical protection and spiritual protection of God's people. That's why he gave them the law. It wasn't like God had this thing like, boy, I really hate tattoos. You know what I'm saying? But what you didn't realize is that tattoos were a religious connection. I mean, for us, tattoos are just things you put on your skin. But, but piercings and tattoos had everything to do with pagan worship. And so God was trying to protect his people from pagan worship. There, there were all these other kinds of things that were happening. We look at it through one lens, but if you look at it through the, the lens of the people of Israel at the time, it was all about their, their protection, both physical and spiritual. And, and so it was, it was important, but what we learn in the New Testament is that the law had another re purpose. The book of Romans tells us that God gave the law so that eventually 
we would understand that the law wasn't good enough. That's what the, the book of Romans says. It says that, that, that the law was there to show us that we couldn't keep the law. You, we want to have the rules. We wanted, we wanted to understand what we needed to do from God. And then the reality was, when it all came down to it, we couldn't figure it out. We couldn't keep the law. And so Jesus comes, and he does this teaching. And he, goes to, and he has the Sermon on the Mount. And he says things like, you've heard it of old, do not commit murder, right? And we're like, yeah, I'm good at that one. I've never murdered anybody. But he says, no, 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 no. You think that that's hard? I'll tell you what, don't worry about murder. I'm talking about hate in your heart is the same thing. Uh-oh. I've been there and done that. The, 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 uh, you've heard it said of old, do not commit adultery. I tell you, if you had lust in your heart for a woman, you've done the same. And yikes, he took it up. The whole point, he's saying, look at this law. You guys think you've been so good following the law. The truth is, you can't follow the law. You can't do it. This is the world that Jesus steps into. And um, it was a world in which, over time, the Jewish leadership had taken rules that were meant to protect and had turned them into weapons meant to control. They had, those leaders had great lives. They, they were in charge. They had money. They had influence. They were the ones who were in charge. Of the, they had used the, the rules that were made to protect, and they had turned them into weapons used to control. And so that jumps, that takes us into our story in the book of Mark today. Um, the, the, the story starts with the words, one Sabbath. And, um, you know, I think we, we should probably hang on for just a second because the word Sabbath is a weird word. Maybe you've heard it before. Uh, in, in Hebrew, it was Shabbat. It was a, an opportunity for, it, it, was, it was actually part of the law. The law that Jesus was born into was that on Saturdays, between sundown on Friday and sundown on Saturday, that day was set aside. It was a day that you weren't supposed to work that was dedicated to God, and, um, and they, then on top of that, that uh, real law, all of the Pharisees had added all of these other laws. Here's, here's how you're not supposed to do things on the Sabbath. Here's all of the things that we don't want you to do. We want to control what you do on the Sabbath. And, um, and so it's in that vein, I just want you to think. So it was on the Sabbath, and there are all of these rules for how Jesus and his disciples are supposed to act. Let's go to the, back to the um, verse. It says, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. Now, you have to understand, the, the law, the real law, allowed them to do that. You're not allowed to go and, like, steal your neighbors, like, go start tearing down a bunch of their crop and stealing it. But if you're walking past, you can pick some things off, like as if you were in a cornfield. Like, they don't want you taking a combine out there. But, but if you're walking through and you grab a kernel of corn or a, a head of corn, that's not the end of the world, right? But that was part of the law. It's okay to do that in general. For the Pharisees, they had decided it is not okay to do it on the Sabbath. Let's keep reading. 
So they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to them, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And for them, unlawful means the laws that we had created, right? Why is it that they're doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered, he's like, he's going to play their own game with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, he said, you guys think you know the law? You think you know the Old Testament? Let me tell you something. We just grabbed a couple of grains of, uh, on, on, along the way. Let me remind you, you know the king that you guys think is like the best king ever? Let me tell you a story about that. Um, have, you, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he, David, entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priests to eat. And he also gave it to some of his companions. So he's saying, listen, you think what I'm doing is bad? Like, I'm just picking a couple of, uh, David did the ultimate bad. He, like, went into the temple. He stole the stuff that was supposed to be for the, um, for the priests only, and he gave it to his friends. And that sounds terrible, but David knew he needed something to eat. And so, so Jesus says, how are you coming at me with that when David did this? And then he said to them, the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Oh, I'm sorry. First he said the Sabbath was made for man. That's an important one. Not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man, talking about himself, is Lord, even of the Sabbath. And so uh, the, the first point today that Jesus wants to make is that the rules, the rules are there to serve People, people should not be enslaved by the rules. The the people at the time of Jesus, they served the rules. The rules weren't there to serve them. They were there to serve the rules. And Jesus is saying the rules are there. The Sabbath is great. The Sabbath is a wonderful thing. But the Sabbath is for you. It's not against you. So that's the first thing he says. The, the rules are not there to enslave you. The rules are there to serve you. And then the second th- point he's making is that he, Jesus, is more important than the rules. Jesus is more important than the rules. He says the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And so the Sabbath is great. And I'm not speaking out against it. But man, if you're going to choose between the Sabbath and Jesus, Jesus is it. If you're going to choose between the rules and Jesus, Jesus is who you choose. The rules are there to serve. The story keeps going on. Another time, Jesus went into the synagogue. And a a man with a shriveled hand was there. Uh, Some of them were looking for a reason. Some of those Pharisees were looking for a reason to accuse uh, Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. You guys get in this picture? Like, here's this disabled man. And they are setting him up as a prop. 
Like, okay, what's Jesus going to do? Because it's not lawful for, they've decided it's not okay for Jesus to heal on the Sabbath. And so they're going to watch and see what he's going to, what he's going to do. And Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everybody. Uh, that feels a little like, dang, Jesus. Okay. Then Jesus asked the Pharisees, which is lawful to do on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they remained silent. Do you, do you feel the tension in that? Like, Jesus knows what's going on. Jesus knows what these people are up to. He knows they're setting a trap for him. And so he says, okay, let's look at this man. What, you have your rules. What do you think is more important? What, what, is it more important to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil on the Sabbath? Is it better to kill or to save? And they... They probably know the right answer, but they're keeping their mouths shut because all they care is they want to catch Jesus doing something wrong so they can go after him. And there's that pregnant pause. And in that moment, we actually, <laughs> we actually see Jesus change a little bit. It says, but they remain silent. And Jesus looked around at them in what? Ooh, don't see a lot of angry Jesus, do you? He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. He said to the man, so here, here he is, he's angry, he's sad, distressed at their stubborn, hard hearts. And he's, got the, he's still got this guy right here who's got the shriveled hand. Jesus knew what he was going to do from the beginning, right? But now instead of a, oh, this is such a great moment, it's a, it's a sad moment. Because he looks out at the hearts of these men who are clearly missing it. And, um, and he goes on, he says, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and as he stretched it out, his hand was completely restored. And what are they, what's their reaction? And then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Crazy, isn't it? I mean, have you ever seen anything like that? Somebody with a shriveled hand push it out and then, oh my goodness, it is just healed? And what would your reaction be? I would think my reaction would be, whatever that is, I want that. But that wasn't their reaction. They, they were mad. They were mad because they held this rule so dearly to their hearts. They served the rule. And so he broke it. So they tried to kill him. But this, I, I want to go back to Jesus' emotions. We don't have a ton of times when um, when Jesus' emotions are put on display for us. I mean, we have a lot of actions from Jesus, but we don't have a lot of emotion from Jesus. But this, this moment when Jesus 
looks at these guys and he's giving them a chance. Is it better for me to, to heal him or not heal him on the Sabbath? Seems like such an obvious answer to Jesus. And they remain silent and he just sees the hardness of their hearts. And his reaction is anger and sadness. Anger, actually that grief, or that word for distress is grief. He had grief as he looked out at these people and he just thought, you don't get it. Because the truth is, a heart that is all about rules is a hard, calloused heart. You ever, you ever met somebody that's all about rules? I mean all about rules. And most of the time it comes from insecurity, right? But somebody who, who is angry at anybody who doesn't follow whatever set of rules they think is the most important. Um, but, but with Jesus, his, his interaction with these people who were obsessed with the rules, I, and I, you know, I, I asked you if you knew somebody who was obsessed with the rules, and I want to I remind you, you're probably somebody who's obsessed with rules in some way. Because um, I, I think it's probably time to be honest. There's a reason why we want to know the rules. There's a reason why my friend came to me and asked me about her brother. Asked me what the rules were. Asked me where he was. And, uh, you know, before I go on, I want to say, I have no idea where he is. I don't. There is no unforgivable sin. Jesus paid the price for sins yesterday, today, and forever. It's not like I fall in and out of grace every time I do something bad. And so do I have any idea where her brother is? I do not. Just like I can't know for sure. I've, I know Alan pretty well. I love the guy. I'm pretty sure he's following Jesus. I'm pretty sure he goes to heaven. But the truth is, do I know? No, I don't. That's between him and Jesus. The only person who can be sure where we're going is me. The only person you can know for sure where you're going is you. And, that's, and, and the truth is, we don't even know all the rules on that. Here's what we know. Because every time somebody would ask, how do I get eternal life? They'd ask Jesus, right? Over and over in the scripture. You know what his answer was every time? He didn't have an every time answer. He said something different every time. What must I do to be saved? Sell all of your possessions and give it all to the poor. That's what he told one guy. Right? Did he tell that to everybody? No. Because we desperately want to know the rules. Over and over, people came to Jesus. What do I got to do? What do I got to do? What do I got to do? And he didn't want to tell them. Because here's the truth. You want to know what you got to do to be saved? You just got to trust me. And that's hard. I want to be able to pray a prayer. You know, I want to be able to, like, check the box. I want to know that I'm good because that's the easy way forward. And Jesus, he just, you know, we love the rules. I don't think Jesus does. I, I, uh, I think the reason, one of the reasons we like rules is because we like control. You and I want to be in control. We want to be able to control not just where we go, but where the people we love go. We want to be in control. If I just say the right things, do the right things, draw the right people, let them get them to make some conversion thing, then I can control what's going to happen to them after 
they die. Guess what? You can't. I can't. Um, but I think there are other reasons why we like rules. And it's because it's not just about, you know, where am I going to go after I die? <coughs> it's also about what does God think of me right now? You know, like, am I good with him? Is he happy with me? How do you know that God is happy with you? I think that's a, a question we rarely ask in the open, but a lot of us think about. How do I know that God is proud of me, happy with me? Is it, I mean, for a lot of us, it's about what we don't do. You know, like we've got this list of sins that we think are really bad. As long as I don't do those bad sins, then I'm good. For some of us, it's about what we do. Like if I'm going to, if I, if I give of my time and I volunteer, if I give my money to the church, if I do, then God's happy with me. Um, you know what for a lot of us it is? It's did we pray the sinner's prayer sometime in our life? You know what I mean? That like I, I was at church, I raised my hand and somebody prayed a prayer and I prayed after them and then magically I'm saved and I don't have to worry about, or I don't have to think about it ever again, right? I'm going to be honest with you. I'd like for you to go find the sinner's prayer in the Bible. It ain't there. It's not. We love it because it's a rule. If I just say the prayer, then I'm good to go. Right? Jesus. The, the truth is, asking all these questions, maybe they make you a little bit nervous. It's like, if, if that's not what it is, then what is it? How do I know that I'm on the right track? We want rules. Jesus says two things that I want, to, I want you to take away from this, these stories about the Sabbath. The first thing Jesus says is, I am more important than the rules. Seek me. You want to do a Bible study to find out all of the rules? Great. That's not what Jesus was about. I'm, a, I'm not anti-Bible study. I love Bible study, okay? But it's not about rules. He says, I am more important than rules. Seek me. Look at how I lived. Follow me. And the second thing he wants to say is that love is more important than the rules. Show it. I, I really think if you look at those two statements, that's where Jesus was. The rules. We think the rules are so important. And Jesus over and over asked us, set aside the rules. Come and seek me. Set aside the rules. What is loving in this moment? Is it, more, is it better to heal on the Sabbath or not to heal? What's more loving Set aside the rules. Seek me. Show love. That's it. So if you are a person who tends toward, you know, loving the rules, who tends toward judging other people, or most often, a person who tends toward judging yourself. Anybody been there? You look at the rules, and you look at yourself, and you think, I'm a mess. 
not even close. If that's you, if that's your tendency to run, to run to the rules, to start thinking, what is wrong with me? I'm, I, I just have to remind you, Jesus is not all about rules. You want to you know if, you want to know how you could make God happy? Realize that Jesus is more important than the rules and seek him. Realize that love is more important than the rules. Show it. Stop judging yourself. Stop judging other people by some set of standards that you think somebody told you was the right way to think. Whenever. Seek Jesus. Show love. Let's, why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. Father in heaven, it's so simple and so impossibly hard. Thanks for the reminder that you are not upset with us. That you're not mad at us. That you don't have some list of rules that you're comparing our behavior to. Lord, today my friends and I, we're just, we're just going to say we want to seek you. We want to show love. worship you and put everything in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.